It's Thursday, February 22nd, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 216, the final lap. Runtime for this episode is 46 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast where we're all spinning out. My name is Jeremy. I'm the pilot of the Dawn Turtle. I'm Tyler. I never spin out. I'm way too good for that. My name is Zach. Really? You've never spun out? What about all those banana peels? What about when they spin you right round? <laughs> no. That, that's a joke I should have made and I realized that too late. <laughs> nah, I'm just too good for that. I feel like I've been trying to subvert our intros for Wells. But now I've been doing it so long that it's just now become the new intro where Zach says something contrary, and then I questioned him about the contrary thing he said. I've been doing that for a while. I know, but I haven't been doing that for a while, but now it feels like I have. It's been like ten episodes. And that's why you don't commit to the bit. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> I'm just a straight man here. Well, no, that's accurate. Does that make me a funny guy? No. I feel like that makes you bisexual. Yeah, I was going there. That's where I was going to go. I wasn't sure how well it was going to be received. It's I'm fine, not, I went there. Yeah, so I'm not bisexual, I'm heteroflexible. There's a difference. So we played F-Zero X this week, a great racing game from my childhood. Another game that I got with everything unlocked already because my mom bought it for me at Blockbuster. Uh, did you not just, like, clear accounts when you did that? No, it no. didn't occur to me at all. <laughs> That's why I was able to enjoy Superman 64, because I had a copy where someone had beaten the first level, and I was able to play the okay ones. There are no good levels in Superman 64. Let's not get crazy. There are just some that are less trash than others. <laughs> yeah, specifically all the ones after the first. Well, you got to start out on a strong foot. Anyway, before we get to F-Zero-X and its killer tracks, Zach, what have you been playing? I've been up to more than I thought I would be. I mean, really, we got to talk to the other game that ends with a letter, but... Yeah, should we just start there and deal with the other stuff what later? Other... Oh! That other game that ends with a letter. I forgot about that. Have we not talked about that on No, because yeah. it came out <laughs> last week. <laughs> Speaking about bisexual. Do we want to just talk about that game instead? Should we save that for last? I feel that is all I've been playing. I've played other things, too. Just, so it depends I. on how long we want to talk about... So you, let's get through your stuff first, and then we can see how long we're going to talk about the mystery game that Tyler already spoiled. I learned a few <laughs> things this week. Number one, I am terrible at teaching anybody to play a game. You learned this? Yes. I feel like you learned this like twice a year. I learn this every so often when I actually have to teach somebody how to play a game. What were you trying to teach them? Trying to teach somebody to play League of Legends. I say I also had Kevin trying to teach me at the same time, and I feel like I, I was not suffering under your tutelage. It wasn't you. Well, I know. I'm just saying. I don't. I didn't feel like you were the worst. Here's teacher. the problem. My but I also had Kevin. <laughs> Here's my problems with that. My teaching methods involve pain. Stop that dying. <laughs> yeah. Do better than you're currently doing. <laughs> yeah, just show them that one episode of Red versus Blue, and then be like, "Here, this." Well, it was. It was more complicated than that. Like I tried to be a little bit more helpful, but it's one of those things where 
the person was trying to learn support. I don't play support. I play AD carry in top lane, which is about as far away from support as you're actually going to be playing. I mean, AD carry is pretty close to the support. Yes, but it's, it's, it's about as polar opposite to the play style because the AD carry is keeping the AD carry alive in the support. I guess it's pretty close because the AD carry <laughs> keeps the AD carry alive and the support is supposed to keep the AD carry alive. <laughs> yeah, just tell the support what you want them to do. Hey, word bitch, get over here. I thought you said word bitch. I'm like, oh, what? You want me to, like, rap at the enemy now? or <laughs> No, the support is the AD carry's ward, bitch. Everybody knows that. The AD carry doesn't ward. The support's there to ward for him. I long for the days of Season 3 where the support was everybody's ward, bitch. And the best team in the world had Bengi the Living Ward. <laughs> <laughs> What's your position on your Professional League of Legends team? Ward? ward? I have Faker. I am a ward. I sit in the bush right next to mid lane, and that's all I do all <laughs> I, game. I make sure no one bothers Faker. Yeah, tangentially related to Faker. I saw a poll recently that was like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And one of the options was Faker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty great. I played with him, and I had a couple of good games on champions that I was playing. Wait, who who is him? Because we've been talking about Faker most recently, so oh, who I was actually trying to teach? <laughs> I was trying to teach Faker how to play League of Legends in NA. <laughs> and then he destroyed you. Then he grabbed you like Beerus and said, Hakai. <laughs> you were no more. No, I was teaching uh, Chris okay. how to play League of Legends. How did that go? I mean, well, I assume, based uh, on how you started the story. <laughs> well, I'm not very good at teaching. And the problem is, like, I don't have the kind of personality. Because, like, I didn't actually get taught League of Legends by anybody. Jeremy and I played, like, two games, and I did everything else on my own. Like, I went and I researched all kinds of crap. I found YouTube videos, and I did all that stuff and figured it out on my own. Would you say you're an autodidact? I don't know what that means. Someone who teaches themselves. Oh. I mean, I was not hoping quite. you would say no, I would not say that, because that's a word I would never use. But <laughs> It is a word I never use, but I also am not... I usually try to avoid committing to saying whether or not I would do something before I figure out what the word means. But, like, I had a game where it's like, yep, you know, if I wasn't playing with you and this person actually knew how to Katarina, I would be in trouble. But they don't know how to Katarina and I know how to Vigor, so I'm going to wreck this person. That's how you teach them. You just carry them and say, okay, this time you have to have one fewer death. See, that was the hard part is that I was I was playing in mid lane and I couldn't carry. Like... I can't carry an 015 bottom lane every time. That doesn't work. You need bigger pants. I know I need bigger pants. I also need some supporting structures there. <laughs> Ask Faker, just not season four Faker, where he was trying so hard, but he just had so much weight but, on his like, team. That, that's one of those hard parts is because like he's brand new to the game, so his MMR is set for brand new players. I'm more of a veteran player, and usually I... I tend to assume I have around silver MMR because I still haven't actually played ranked. But that's where I was when I did play ranked, was in, this, was in silver. So I assume that's where my MMR sits. So he's playing without actually understanding any of like the base concept that's going on in the game and trying to compete with these people who do know what's going on. I feel like that's why you smurf. There's no shame if, it, if it's to help somebody. I made a smurf to teach you and we only played two games together. I mean, I guess in theory but i like all of the skins and stuff that i have <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing as i've had philosophies with other stuff which is the one of the best ways to learn is to get your teeth kicked in yeah that's actually my personal philosophy is that the best way to learn is by horrible trauma and yeah. in, in a lot of video games it matters a lot more if you can figure out what you did wrong so like if you can have somebody explain to you why you what what went wrong with something so your problem there is you suck. <laughs> see, see, while I agree with you, Zach, and I will talk more about that when we talk about mystery game at the end, I also feel like if you want to entice someone to play a game, you need to teach them why it is fun before you teach them how to be good at it. And that isn't losing. 
like I said, the first game that we played, I carried it. But then because of how League has its MMR system, I think what it did was it looked at it, it saw that we won, and it saw that he was playing with this person that hard carried and went, oh, he must be smurfing then, despite his 0 and 8. It's like, oh, he must be smurfing, so we're going to put him with other smurfs. And so that and did not... Little did it know he was actually Smurfette, not Papa Smurf. No, he he just he. You you know what Smurfette's origin story is and how screwed up it is, right? No, I don't think I do. Gargamel actually. made her to tempt the Smurfs. Okay, yeah, I kind of know that now. But <laughs> aren't they like asexual? I'm really confused. <laughs> I didn't say it made sense, did I? Like I feel like actually, was, I think you said it made no sense. I feel like there were sporing fungus of some sort. Like that that explains Smurfs, right? Nothing explains Smurfs. <laughs> Zach, what else have you been playing? <laughs> We got together for our monthly oh, deal. Yeah. We played Civ Five. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that was fun. We should finish that game sometime. We Maybe. won't. <laughs> yeah, we probably it would, won't. It would require all six of us to align once more. I stole a technology from Mark. I stole a technology from Kevin. I was Kev- stealing a technology from Jeremy. But I, I don't feel that about that because Kevin kept ruining my relationship with all the nearby city states. Civ Five still a fun game. It was I, a great game. I'm pretty sure I had the most powerful navy in the world. I had zero navy. It was so. six ships, so I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I had as much navy as everybody else. I think I had the second most powerful navy in the world. One of my ships was actually a scout who had just embarked. Does that count? I had two triremes and a galleon. I wasn't really That was my navy. I wasn't really navally focused. I was I, more trying to win the land war. I had a bad spawn, I think, because I was on this weird peninsula and I couldn't really expand outward because I would expand straight into Mark. As I say, Mark got an okay spawn. You I got, got an okay spawn. I got a very good spawn. It helped that there was a desert between me and the other two people on my island, so no one went that way. So I just kind of get to backfill my entire territory. Still a fun game. League of Legends is still a fun game. I They released the new Swain, which is kind of cool. He's a lot different, but he's got some cool fun stuff in him. He looks like a Darth Christopher Lee. I use Captain Jack Sparrow Swain. I have the Bilgewater Swain. So he's a 2000s movies <laughs> champion now. Well, that particular skin is, but the like the comparison I kept seeing was he's Lucius Malfoy now. Okay, that also tracks for his base also skin. Also, two thousands movie. Yep, I think he's fun. I haven't had a whole lot of practice or, or play on him. That's been what I've been up to, other than mystery game. What have you been doing, Tyler? A surprising amount, in retrospect. I feel like I have not had any time to play video games, but I apparently played some video games because I beat Bioshock Infinite. What did you think of the ending? It was goddamn confusing. Also, I really liked it. So <laughs> That's what I suspect my reaction to it would be, but I've only heard people's accounts of it. And one of those is me, who hates the ending. Up until that very last scene, I was like super on board with it. I'm like, okay, let's do multiverse theory. This is great. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I don't know if you you know the ending. I pretty already, much know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's also like, what, a five-year-old game at this point? I'm so old. I know. <laughs> No, it's fantastic. My problem is I'm not sure how drowning the one booker saves, like, how does that affect all the infinite others? I'm really confused. I don't, like I said, I don't like the last half hour because it's just walking around being exposited at. No, I like the exposition partially because you get more of the Lucines, Lucines, Lutesks. There we go. That's what they are, the Lutesks. And those guys are awesome. They're easily my favorite characters in fiction for a while just because they're annoying. most of it is just elizabeth expositing at you that is true There's and i don't like having a half hour of exposition pounded into my skull after i've gone through a boss fight no elizabeth is extremely cute so i'm fine having her just talking to me for a half hour <laughs> she's more she, she's more entertaining and fun when she's throwing me guns 
Yeah, that is true. I really like how they did Elizabeth as a character throughout that entire game. She's yeah, because like, she doesn't feel like an escort character. Yeah, she feels like a well-rounded NPC. She feels like an actual partner. Yeah, I don't know, in a game. way that doesn't put her in combat like Resident Evil Five did with Sheva. Really, that's just so someone else can be Sheva, though. Yeah, I know. I, I know why that is, but I like how they did her. No, I thought it was a very fun game. The combat never really got as intense as I wanted it to, and I was playing on the hardest difficulty. It lets you play. Um, without having beat it. I'm not sure if it unlocks another one ever, but I did die a lot though, so maybe maybe I am overstating my abilities. Yeah. The other thing I picked up recently, because I was having a bunch of game ADD, was Subnautica, because I've been excited about that game. Oh, yeah. Years. Is that the one where you're four people in a submarine? No, you're under... It's, it's like Minecraft underwater. Okay. You can be four people in a submarine. I think there's multiplayer. I don't um, think so. You crash land on a ship, and there is a lot of water everywhere, and you have to go swimming and recovering stuff. I actually played that a long time ago. Yeah. It, it had a major update recently. I'm like, oh, I should get that. And then I waffled about it, and then I did. It is a lot of fun, is really all I can say about it. I mean, it's exactly what you expect. It's exploring in the ocean. Uh, occasionally, you have to stab a shark to get it off your back. I am currently trying to build a base, and then realizing that I don't have enough quartz, of all things to build power cells, so I have an unpowered base that I slowly suffocate in if I'm sanding in. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it for the exploration and survivally inclined. I've, I've been kind of jonesing for something to fill that niche since I beat the Blonde Dark second chapter, and they haven't released the third one ever. So, plus two. Plus two. Good game. Would play again. What have you been up to, Jeremy? Well, just one game. They announced the lineup for EVO this year yesterday. Is it on the lineup? Uh, yeah, uh, okay. no Marvel vs. Capcom for the first Evo ever, the year after the new Marvel vs. Capcom came out, which says very bad things about poor Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Everybody's like, why is there no Wolverine Doctor Doom? <laughs> no sale. That's fair. Or well, their most Poe. marketing, their most marketable characters aren't in the game. And they also, as far as I can tell, I was gonna say didn't market the game at all. But I, uh, now that I say that, I got a ton of trailers. Marvel vs. Capcom game. Infinite was marketed yeah. out the ass, yeah. and the, I was getting marketed too. And I was like, oh, that Zero looks pretty cool. I mean, Mega Man X, not Zero. And I like a Captain Marvel. Rocket Raccoon, man. He was in Marvel's Capcom 3. It's fine. You can already play as him. Was he? He's a DLC, but he's in that. Okay. Huh. He was know. not in the game that I played no, he, for, for he, 3. He so. was in Ultimate. He wasn't even a DLC. He was in the Ultimate Edition with Doctor Strange and whoever else they had. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would have preferred Rocket or Groot. It seems like to be a cool combo character, right? Yeah, that would actually be fun as a combo character. But yeah, it's Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, Injustice 2. Really? Yeah. Huh. Usually there's one of the Mortal Kombat's or one of the Injustices, and that's the newest one. So, uh, the, so they don't have the a most popular. They don't have Mortal Kombat 10? No. Probably Smash 4. Smash still. 4, Brawl, and then three Arxis games. Or not Brawl, uh, Smash 4 and Melee. Melee. And then three Arxis games. Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, and Dragon Ball Fighters. Obviously. Yeah, because there's, As you no, do. there's no way Fighters wasn't going to make it, but they've never had both Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue at the same Evo. Really? It's so also interesting. I don't actually know how mechanically Why? those games differ. Uh, usually they just feel like one is going to attract more people and they're not. there's going to be too much crossover between them. So there's no point in having both because it would just be the same people. Yeah, like I said, it feels mechanically like those are very similar games to me. I haven't actually played any Guilty Gear games, but I have played Blaze Blue games. But very nice if you're Arxis, one Capcom game, two Nintendo games, and three Arxis games. That is true. Which is weird for an Evo. But speaking of Arxis games... Yeah, but we've all been playing Dragon Ball Fighters because it came out, and it's great. 
I'm weirdly decent at it. Is it still too early to call Game of the Year 2018? <laughs> yes. yes. I have high hopes for other games this year. Like... I don't, because I've seen Gaming Landscape before. <laughs> and well, I've seen what was called Game of the Year last year. What was called Game of the Year last year? Oh, Breath of the Wild? By, I don't, I actually don't exactly remember. A lot of people were saying Breath of the Wild. A lot of people were saying Plunk Bat. It depended a lot on tastes, I think. Plunk Bat. I saw some people say Cuphead. So that, Cuphead is fantastic. That makes sense as a choice, too. That's probably an even more niche choice, but I can see that logic. Fighters is great, though. I don't normally like 2D fighters, but it's Dragon Ball. It's fun. It's a fighting game, and it feels like the show. Yeah, I mean, like, Arxis games are great because you can basically just button mash and be alright. But if you know what you're doing, you can button mash and also occasionally throw in a Kamehameha, which is great. Everything about this game stylistically is fantastic. Like, the power-up sequences at the beginning of fights where they go Super Saiyan are amazingly animated. All the quips are great. I don't know. I love all the flavor this game has. Yeah, I do have the curse where I feel like I can only talk about the stuff I don't like, which is very <laughs> minimal. I don't feel like the combo challenges are intense enough. Like, they're very basic, I feel like. There are a couple intermediate ones at the end of most characters' lists, but there's nothing crazy on anyone's. The story mode, I find very, very boring. The story is okay. It's very fan y All of the, like, character interaction bits are very, very good, but they're also fan y They feel like Team Four Star wrote them, which I think is just because they exaggerate everything in Dragon Ball a little, which yep. is kind of the same trick as Dragon Ball Z abridged. But they get into this kind of messy territory where they're very, very fun to watch, but they do get a little repetitive and like the actual gameplay of the story mode i just think is way too easy yeah all the uh computer opponents are just pushovers it's Ar- kind of disappointing have you played them on hard yet no i have not arxis's weakness has always been ai compared to like capcom my main problems with it are mostly uh their interface issues yeah. the lobby is also very bad i talked about that when i talked about the beta which is why i haven't talked about it that much and how i hope they would improve it But there's lots of disconnect problems, and while the lobby is cute, it's It's not not as efficient as a menu would be. It's incredibly clunky. I don't like the fact that you cannot quit the game from the lobby. You have to join a lobby in order to quit to title so you can quit the game. And if you go to the offline lobby, you can't get to an online lobby without quitting to the title screen and starting over. I was going to say, another problem that I have with it is I am watching both of you and also some other actioning both of you, and I can't just say, like, invite this person to where I am so we can have a match. Yeah, there's no, like, friends list mechanics at all, which seems really Well, they're kind of, like, I have people that I'm watching, and, like, I can keep track of your records. I would really like to be able to say, like, challenge someone to this list of my match and at least, like, invite them to the lobby I'm in. Yeah, or, like, spectate people who you're watching that also seems good they have a spectator mode it's very weak but it exists so there seem to be like a lot of functional design deficiencies for online play in this game i really don't know what the point of arena mode is what is arena mode it's just you at the center of every lobby there's that arena and you can basically queue in there and it'll only pair you with opponents who are also in that arena so i don't know why you would want to do that because you can create private or public rings anywhere you want so why also have an arena, which is basically just a public ring? Yeah. That's okay. That's weird. I actually like the story mode. I know Jeremy doesn't, but I actually, I enjoy the story mode because I enjoy those character interactions and I like how it's set up because you can 
you move your guy around and you have different buffs and stuff that you can apply to yourself. I like the concept. The problem is the, the actual fights are always too easy to actually be entertaining. And they get real repetitive, in my opinion, too. I can only do like one or two stages before I just want to go do something else, which is not how I feel when I'm like spamming competitive or playing with you guys. Hard mode is much more. Yeah, maybe that's what it's missing is just I'd... enough challenge. I've beaten the entire story mode, and I beat the first stage of story mode on hard. But I feel like hard should be an option from the beginning, just because of how I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying that it does exist. It helps. Yeah, but I have to get through all the boring content to get to the good content. Yeah. I mean, initially, the big thing that was kind of the draw for story mode was unlock Android 21. Yes. But even then, that would feel like being forced to eat some bland cereal before I could get to a decent meal. Most things you have to do something to unlock it that's out of the way that you don't want to do. Yeah, that is true. A lot of games have that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but it is pretty common. It makes sense. If you're going to have something that you need to unlock the character for, you might as well have it be something like that. I mean, it's really a way for the game developers to force you to play their content. (laughs) Yes. Well, or you can pay them extra money for the sweet DLC pack, and here comes Waifu 21. Along with it. (laughs) I had actually already gotten her when I bought the pack, so I didn't get early access to it, despite the fact that the game says I got early access to that character. It is weird when it's like, you have unlocked Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta. And I'm like, cool, already had him, but cool game. Yeah, it does tell you when you unlock something, even though you already had it unlocked. There were two ways to unlock those two. You could either beat hard mode on a couple of the arcade modes. Or acquire or a certain, amount of, acquire a certain number of amount of Zenny. I think it's 400,000 for Vegeta and 500,000 for Goku. I've not actually played either of the blue characters much yet. Goku looks like he would be incredibly powerful in the right hands. I really like how Vegeta plays, but I don't actually think he's good. Do you have a team yet, Tyler? Oh yeah, I totally have a team. It is... Rosé is kind of a filler character. Yamcha and Super Saiyan Vegeta. Super Saiyan Vegeta is kind of my clutch character. Yamcha's kind of consistent, and Rosé's kind of there because I haven't found anyone else I'm better with. Yeah, mine is Adult Gohan, Trunks, and Beerus, but I have decided I want to replace Beerus. I just haven't decided who with, because he and Trunks just play super similarly. Okay. And I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of having both of them, and Trunks has the better assist easily. How about you, Zach? I just use Super Saiyan Goku, Yamcha, and Android 21, because... Besides, Android 21 are the simplest characters in the game. I don't know that I actually think Yamcha is that simple. Yeah, he has some really hard-to-pull-off combos. He's a hell of a lot easier to play than most of the other characters in the game, and having played most of them... That's fair. I mean, he's no Nappa. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to see a good Ginyu player. I don't know if that person exists, but I feel like just the number of stuff you can fill the screen with on Ginyu... I feel like there's got to be someone in the top eight who plays Ginyu at Evo and gets a body switch off at one point. I feel like that's (laughs) destined to happen. Ginyu's one of those characters that I played, but I only really played him because he's one of the characters that you get in the villains campaign. I don't know. I've done, I think, now 21 online matches, and I have yet to actually play all the characters in this game. I've played them all, but I barely played any 18 or Blue Gift. I've never played Beerus... Jeremy consistently kicks my ass with Beerus. Until last think, night. I don't think yeah. I've ever played... I think that he might be the only character who I have never played. Because I've played most of the other ones through the story mode. And then I also played Trunks. I am not a Trunks guy. I've tried. Trunks was very hard to play at first, and then he just kind of clicked. It was really playing so much Beerus that made Trunks click, because I feel like they're very similar. Although he does have that nice like overhead lunge attack, which yeah. is pretty useful. Heat Dome? 
Uh, no, the thing where he like spins and then initiates a sword slice is a good oh. overhead mix-up. For when there are two used to blocking low, but you're also out of grab range. Despite everything I've said, I think it's a great game. When the online works, it's great. The offline multiplayer works perfectly. It's clearly designed by people who have designed fighting games before and know you want to switch controls every five minutes because you're <laughs> rotating who's playing. The lobbies work really well. The fact that you can set them up so that, say, loser, loser out or winner out. When we were playing with everybody, it was winner was dropping out of the game so what? that, you know, everybody could actually have a chance to play. Which would have worked much better if Ed wasn't there, really skewing the... Well, yeah, because at, at the time I was um, I was winning a decent amount against you guys. I think my best run was still against Jeremy's beta team, but I don't know if I'd actually say I did well. But when me and Jeremy played it a couple... Was it two weeks ago? You play, you brought your hard gate stick to my place? Yeah, you were beating I, me then. I won a few of those games. I was like, Jeremy and I played, like, what, nine games last night? Quite and a few. I... I Won the first one extremely handily, and then won subsequently less well every time until Jeremy started winning, I think, the last two. I beat you the first couple. Did you? Because I was pulling out all those tricks, and you were like, well, you can do that. Like, you kept trying to super me, and I was just like, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that you could vanish in the middle as a response to a super. And you didn't learn how to block low for, like, two or three games. And then I learned how to block low, and then you're like, now I'll grab you instead. (laughs) That worked for a couple games. Despite everything I've said, I highly, highly recommend it if you have any interest in Dragon Ball or fighting games. Like I said with Persona, Arxis makes my favorite fighting games. They just play how I want fighting games to play. Yeah, they feel a lot better to me than Street Fighter. They're fluid. They work really well. And even if somebody like me can have success... Then, you know, someone <laughs> did something right. They're way more noob-friendly, too, because the AI, like I said, is awful. It has the auto-combo system, which I think can really inspire people to want to do cool things. Because even if they just press one button, they can do kind of cool things. Yes, and at this point, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, ah, auto-combos. I can do, like, 2% more damage by ending this with a special move. And then you get to the level where you're like, ah, oh, auto-combos are actually great, because they let you get above the top of the screen, so you can do two Kamehamehas in one combo. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good point. Have either of you watched any high-level players of this game yet? No. Are there high-level players of this game yet? A little, but only playing casually. I haven't seen, like, any tournament matches or anything like that. Okay. I'd be interested to see how that goes and see how different it feels to how I'm playing. All right, so speaking of stuff we're playing, the assignment this week, F-Zero (laughs) X, a game I loved as a kid and also ends with a letter. It's just not Z. What is the best game ending in Y? Pokemon? Oh, okay. Good choice. Good choice. I'll accept it. Anyway, F-Zero. F-Zero is a racing game by Nintendo, a sequel to the original F-Zero back on the Super Nintendo. So you, like in the original, play as future like hover cars racing around these weird curving tracks. Going at ridiculous speeds, sometimes in excess of a thousand kilometers per hour. Yeah. Ridiculous speeds. Anyway. The game is a bit different than the last one in that it's got more of a racing feel. They haven't eliminated the lives but you don't lose them if you don't place well enough. You only lose them if you go off the track and crash, or if you run out of energy, which is kind of like your life bar, which you had in the original F-Zero as well. Although you can be a lot more offensive in this one, you can take racers out of the course if that's what you want to do. The races are also much larger. There are 30 characters in this game, and they're all in every race you do. Which, which is ridiculous. It gives it a much more like Grand Prix feel than, say, Mario Kart has. I guess we found out what words on Tyler's word of the day calendar. Ridiculous. 
Yeah, they're all on screen, so it makes things a little bit more cluttered in a way, but the tracks are also wide enough in a lot of the respects that you're not going to have to worry about making sure that you've made that pixel-perfect pass to avoid being ping-ponged around the track. The early ones, certainly. Some of the later courses do get a little more turny and windy and complicated in that regard, especially on the King course. After the first lap, you get boost power, which lets you basically do a boost whenever you want. There are also kind of boost pads, kind of like Mario Kart which a lot of times will encourage you to go center instead of sticking to the quarters for good turns. Which is pretty much the only thing that mixes up the gameplay otherwise. Well, but, generally, you don't want to start on the inside of a turn anyway. But once you finish the first lap, you get your boosts, and that lets you trade your health for a quick speed boost, very much like a boost pad. It's not permanent, and it's just, like Jeremy said, a, like a boost pad. It's a brief boost of speed. In my case, I was using it pretty much every time it came off a cooldown. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. I actually kind of wonder if you would not want to do that if there was another human player who would be around to punish you if you had low health, but... Depends on whether or not they could get close enough. Yeah, on single player, it's not really an issue. The computers aren't intentionally aggressive. But it makes an interesting trade-off where the more you boost, the less mistakes you can make in terms of hitting the walls. But the more likely you are to make those mistakes because you're going faster. Yes, it's a very cool trade-off. And there are these little pink hit boss spots that you can run over, usually at the end of each lap, sometimes at the beginning, and at some courses in the middle, that will restore your health while you're going over them. Which means you generally want to hit your booster while you're going through those for free boost. Yep. But since you have a health bar, you can retire. You can be knocked out if you collide with racers or the edges, you take damage, and you lose a life and have to restart. You get five, so usually it's pretty easy to, even if you do lose, just not make that mistake again. But You can also actually do a pretty good job of doing that to enemy racers as well. And the game is pretty good at tracking their health and making that an okay strategy. It's usually better just to actually race and try to speed up. But the way the AI works, it's like in Mario Kart where the computer will take whoever did well against you in the first round and give them the best AI so they have the best chance of threatening you and continuing to do well. So you can go after that person if he's the only one who can beat you. Or if you're like way behind, you can try to take out the people in the lead so they get no points on this uh, race and you can get back into it. I got pretty well, like the races that I did, I placed first and no one was actually close enough to touch me anyway. So yeah, had a couple that were tied in the top three, but I placed first. So did I, and that's the better strategy, especially if you're any good at this game. But I do like that there are other options. That you can play this in an almost burnouty. I'm just going to kill everyone no, way. It reminds me of when my brother and I used to play Mutant League Hockey. He only won games against me when he killed all my players. There's also a death race mode where the only goal is to be the last person surviving, which gets pretty boring, unfortunately. It was my favorite thing to do as a kid, but playing it now, it doesn't have much to it. It's just a loop with like one section with no guardrails. But it is kind of fun to let off steam to just go through all these different racers. Especially if you have one that has been particularly a nasty thorn in your side. Taking them out over and over again is always fun. As I say, the additional win strategies are probably much more important as you get other, like, humans who are as competent as you. Then you have to actually start thinking about the trade-offs. Unlike the original F-Zero, which is only one player, you can play up to four guys on this one, which is cool. Uh, It's pretty standard for N64. They put those four controllers in, so Nintendo really tried to get as much as they could out of every game with those four controllers. But Oh, man, Snowboard Kids. Fun game. It's a fun game. I always confuse it with 1080. Like we said, there are 30 characters in this game. You only start with five, but you can unlock different rows as you go along. Typically, the characters get a little better as you unlock more of them. The last row are just super, super min-maxed, but... You start with the kind of the lamer characters, and you unlock ones with better stats. 
At the start of each race, though, you have a meter you can pick, and at one side is max acceleration, and the other side is maximum speed, and you can place where you want to be, how confident you are in your ability to keep speed through turns. It really depends on if it's a really tight track or a really su- tight set of tracks. Acceleration is going to be more useful, but more often than not, you're going to want to be tilting towards maximum speed because that last straightaway is going to be something you're going to want to put a lot of firepower into. Yeah, as and in most games, I tend to go with speed over it, acceleration. It really depends. Like there was a Need for Speed game that I was all about acceleration. You do get to see the layout of the track before you make the decision, so it's informed, which is also nice. I think you pick at the beginning of a cup, though, don't you? You don't pick your. No, you pick it per race. Oh, I must have missed that. Apparently, you have a pit crew who's just going to tune your hover car for you every time. Oh, I assume the races are not back to back to back. No, they're back to back to back. Well, I mean, it still would make sense. Get 15 minutes in between each track. Yeah. That's what they do in Rally. So the tracks start out pretty simple. They are these space highways, basically. And they get more and more stuff going on as you go on. They start to get half pipes and these, like, full pipes that you're circling around. If you're on the roof when one of those ends, it's really jarring. (laughs) Yeah, because you do a flip. This game is very generous with its physics, which sometimes weeds some weird clipping stuff. Like, if you're falling off a track, you can go through the wall to get back on, just to be generous to you. And there are, like, a little grace window if you fall off the track where you can get back on, where you fall a little bit, and then you just jump back onto the... Well, like, I I was specifically thinking of the... Like I said, when you're on the roof of something, yeah, and, then you, and you like do and a you go clip, out, well, you just kind of land on your on the hover pads, I guess, and keep going perfectly fine. I mean, it makes sense because you wouldn't necessarily know when that was going to end, and having you get screwed by being on the wrong side of a of a pipe when it changes would be a little on the unfair side to the player. Also, the tracks all have killer tracks going while you race. Yeah, the they music in this game is good. great. The music is pretty good. I mean, a lot of them skew kind of like heavy rock slash metal, if like ac- metal. If I acknowledge the soundtrack in a game like this, you know, yeah. it's got to be impressive. <laughs> it's either got to be impressively bad because I noticed it or impressively good because I noticed it. I mean, the entire time it just feels really intense because you're listening to like sweet late 80s metal and it's pretty awesome. It, it really makes the entire thing feel to like use a horrible 90s term, high octane. <laughs> Which is certainly what they were going for. Some of these tracks are recycled from the Super Nintendo version, but they sounded good there and sound even better here. If you keep going, in addition to unlocking characters, you can actually unlock procedurally generated tracks. So if you really like this game, you can basically just keep playing it forever and it'll keep tossing something new at you. Even through the small-ish amount of this game that I played, the tracks felt a lot the same even though they looked different. Well, I mean, that's kind of a problem you're going to run into with a lot of racing games. There's only a certain number of turns that you can string together in a certain way in order for them to not feel the same. And palette-wise, they reuse basically the same assets on multiple tracks. You get Big Blue, and then you get Big Blue 2, which is definitely a different track from a mechanical standpoint. It plays differently. But visually is very similar. Yeah, it's using the same music and basically the same building blocks for that track. Yeah, I think that's actually the bigger problem is you got a lot of tracks that share visual assets with one another i actually really would have liked to see like a custom track generator in this game that was uh, a thing in, in the expansion the, which never came out in america it was for the n64 disc drive yep that was actually what i was about to say is it was there the expansion was for the n64 dd like uh there was a, an expansion for zelda too as well it was canned it became a Majora's mask ah okay because there was something about it there was another couple of them that there yeah. was N64 DD things for Animal since, Crossing is originally an N64 DD game. Since that one bombed so hard over in Japan, they never bothered to bring it to the States. And, oh, uh, Mario Party. It was Mario Party 2 was... 
I believe you, but I didn't know that. I believe Mario Party 2 was initially a DD project, which is why so many of the mini games in Mario Party 2 are recycled from Mario Party 1. That makes sense. But yeah, it had a create a track feature. It had extra characters. Basically, they were just the original five, but with better stats that you could unlock. And there was also a version of this game for the Chinese version of the N64. That's a name I can't remember now. That came out in like 2005. And that Chinese knockoff of the N64 had online play capability. So their huh. version of F-Zero X had all of the features of the DD version of the game and online play. Huh. How did that go over? I, I could see that actually increasing its longevity a bit. I don't know because I don't know how popular that was in China, that console at all. Gotcha. I mean, that's basically what I was getting at was like how many people actually had that knockoff console and also then played this game. online. It's not a knockoff. It's a weird like licensing thing where they couldn't sell the N64, but they gotcha. licensed it to some company which sold it under a different name. And that's the version of Ocarina of Time you speedrun because it has the shortest text. <laughs> <laughs> so you can skip it faster. Yes. Yep. All right. That pretty much does it for F-Zero X. That's just about everything. I quite like it. It's actually my favorite of the racing games we've played for this podcast so far. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. But it mostly held up. I don't know that I would want to play it a ton now, but I really enjoyed the time I spent revisiting it. I mean, it's still a great game. I prefer Hydro Thunder because I like the way the mechanics of the water interacts with the boats and all that. Um, but that isn't to say it's bad. It's still one of the better uh, arcade-style racers that you're going to get your hands on, especially on the virtual console. And I think I've said it with a lot of the games that are on the Wii U virtual console. Playing it on the tablet feels really, really good. And say, I like this game fairly well, having never really played F-Zero before we started doing this podcast. Um, I played it with Jeremy a lot when we were kids. I mean, it's got tight controls, it's got killer music, it has a sweet 60 FPS the entire time, despite having 30 racers on screen sometimes. It wasn't 60 FPS? It was 60 FPS, that was one of the things it was known for, is that it had a locked at 60 FPS all the time, regardless well, of how much stuff is going on. Jarg Carmack said the N64 was a rocket ship. It could get you to the moon. It just couldn't go anywhere else because you were out of gas. <laughs> but whereas the PlayStation was a nice family sedan. It could get you anywhere you wanted to go. Great gas mileage. Hey, it even had AC. <laughs> uh, if only Nintendo hadn't still been using cartridges. That's yes. kind of why it had the ability to take you to the moon, though. I know Some why. Cartridges were just also really terrible. Yeah, they were definitely going out of style. Now they're kind of coming back as SD cards are cheap. Anyway, moral of the story, F-Zero X, pretty solid game. I generally approve. So let's see where it stacks up on our list, which you can find at our website, www.lasttimeonvideogames.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger, another game with parts in the future. It also has that one racing segment against Johnny X or whatever. I really gotta stop doing that. Newly at the bottom, Echo, The Tides of Time, another game with some stuff in the future. Dead Center is Golf, no future connection with Golf. Actually, Mario retires and starts playing golf. So let's start with the original F-Zero, which is at number 138, quite a few spaces below our midpoint. I think it's way better than that. Uh, yeah. This is a very, very clear upgrade to the original F-Zero. Yeah, I mean, so I didn't actually care for the original F-Zero a whole lot. It was clearly pushing the Super Nintendo's graphics capabilities, or I guess hardware capabilities generally, but it was... A kind of lackluster game overall. All right, so I'm going to keep scrolling up until I find the next racing game, and let's do on account Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega Genesis as a racing game. <laughs> no. I mean, kind of. How about Crazy Taxi? How do we think it compares to that? I think I like it more than Crazy Taxi, mostly just on account of the music and the physics. 
I think I would agree with you, but for me, it's mostly a matter of our Crazy Taxi really just felt like a port of the arcade game. Like it wasn't actually really designed for a home console. And right above Crazy Taxi, you have Excite Bike, and I think it's better than that too. Although Excite Bike isn't really a racing game. Yeah, I mean it's a mastery of movement game. It's a racing themed game. Yeah, but yeah, I, I would have to agree. I would give it F zero. Also, is it called F-Zero because it's Formula Zero racing? Most likely, because Formula One is way, way bigger everywhere but America. Yeah, it is It is quite a large thing. I, the only reason why I'm familiar with Formula One is because I got a friend of mine who actually watches Formula One. I like stock car races. They're nice. I don't like stock car races because if I wanted to watch people turning left, I'd go hang out next to my next <laughs> to the nearest uh, light. No, like stock car on a technical course? Where, like, you're just given a car and you have to go drive through the woods. I'd rather just watch Rally. I mean, it's very similar to Rally, so. So, currently, the highest racing game on our list at number 69, nice, is Hydro Thunder. <laughs> I mean, I kind of already said it. I I would prefer to play Hydro Thunder. And I've already said I think this is the best racing game we've played, so it's all up to Tyler. It is. This is actually a hard one for me, because I actually think, like, in terms of soundtrack and mechanically... Or I guess in, in terms of the control of your vehicle, I feel like F-Zero wins. But Hydro Thunder has more going on, and the course designs are more interesting to me. So I'm actually kind of torn on this one. I do like sweet 80s metal. I think I'm going to have to give it to Hydro Thunder, though. Uh, I think there's just slightly more going on in that game, and it's got better gimmick. So this is a very interesting part of the list, because I think most of the games here are better than F-Zero X. <laughs> so I'm looking for one I think is comparable. I guess this is a weird comparison, but how do we think it compares to Pac-Man? That's pretty baseline. Huh. You know, actually, I was able to put in more time into Pac-Man. It's a solid game. On the other hand, it doesn't have a whole lot going on. It doesn't. Pac-Man is a classic game, but it's hard to compare it to F-Zero X because it has so little going on. I feel like they both have very little going on overall. They're, they're both very... Like, I mean, yeah, but that's why I'm coming up blank here. They both have very little actually going on, but I don't know how to translate Pac-Man with F-Zero X. They're both kind of games of mastery, but like, They're games about pushing yourself and getting better. And look, would you rather we compare it to Final Fantasy 2? Do you think that's a more engaging oh, conversation? Gosh. Yes. <laughs> I see what oh, no. you're talking about. A very interesting part of the list. <laughs> I think I would have to give it to Pac-Man. Um, if only because there's more foreplanning going on in that game and less to memorize and therefore more to focus on in terms of like mechanical mastery and that's the type of thing i prefer but really at this point it came down to personal preference all right i think since you made a decision we're gonna go with that if okay. Zach does not object. <laughs> i don't have anything like i literally don't know okay so the next game that kind of has that mechanical mastery element is punch out huh. how do we think it compares to punch out so i love punch out because it's goofy and ridiculous and colorful but i think f-zero x is like inequivocably a better game i would agree with that because one of the things about punch out is mainly just learning the like it's a memory game yeah it's essentially I, just a memory game I, it's a it's a boxing themed puzzle game that's what it is so, and i think f-zero x is better than that so halfway between punch out and pac-man we have metroid 2 the return of samus uh not samus returns which is a much better game i would rather play f-zero x than that I don't know. I have a really soft spot in my heart for Metroid, but that was kind of not a great game. I would actually have to give it to Metroid 2. I think there is more going on in that game. All right, so, so. dead between... Uh, well, what, what are uh, you voting? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I thought you agreed, and then you didn't. So <laughs> yeah, I and then screwed. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, we, we very much did, did pick two opposite ends of that. So I have to decide. 
I do think Metroid 2 is a lot more ambitious, and I do like a lot of the ideas there. It does have the sweet ambient soundtrack, too. I just think there's more of a mastery element. I don't really think there's that much going on in Metroid 2. That's there's one not. Of the things. It's, so, a, it's a big yeah, empty I feel map. like there's also a reason that Metroid 2 is kind of the Metroid that... No one remembers. And it's not just because it was on Game Boy. And while I do want to go back and play more of Return of Samus, I think F-Zero X is better. So, how do we think it compares to Donkey Kong Country? Ooh, huh. That's actually a really interesting question. Donkey Kong Country was actually doing a lot of cool stuff, but it was not a super solid game. I would probably have to give it to F-Zero X again. I think I agree. For the same actually. reason. I do too. So final question. Does F-Zero X split Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country 2, or is it better than both of them? I think it's better than both of them. I prefer Donkey Kong Country 2, but mostly because I know I'm going to be outvoted almost immediately. Yes, you are. So, <laughs> so F-Zero X goes at number 83, below Pac-Man, and above Donkey Kong Country 2. Oh, so uh, the Final Fantasy 2 is actually above Pac-Man? Yes. Yeah, I can see that. FF2 had a lot of cool things going on. Pac-Man had one thing going on. I accidentally typed F-Zero X with a zero. <laughs> but but I spelled out it out Z E R zero. <laughs> nice. We should keep it that way. That's I already fixed it, but they should stylize it that way in the future. The future of what twenty three hundred? I don't even know what year the stakes place. Twenty XEX, twenty one XEX. I think it does have a year, but I don't know what it is. So we have raced our last race. Is it your turn, Jeremy? What are we doing? So speaking of years, boy, was nineteen ninety eight a year where everyone loved Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. I liked Pokemon that year. So I one of the games I want to get before it's gone forever from the Wii Virtual Console and actually play is Pokemon Puzzle League. Oh, I don't know if it's any good or not, but it's I there. Think, I know it exists. I've I never don't think I've it. ever heard of it. It is a puzzle game. You can play as Team Rocket. No, really, I hadn't thought that. Or Ash Ketchum, everyone's favorite Pokemon character. Or Torchic. Or Sabrina, everyone's actual favorite Pokemon. Character. <laughs> okay. I pr- I prefer Lieutenant Surge if we're going random gym leaders, but. So next time on Last Time, Psychic Types be Electric Types. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games. Copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltobg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one? <laughs>